This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Did you all sleep well? Yes. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? This age kind of share rooms like you did years ago, you know, on camp and have the chats before bedtime. Um, so it's good to be here. Hopefully, even just a short space of time, even since last night, coming in this morning, we're gonna just from this thing which we call like unplugging, that you're already gonna start to feel a bit more. Mm. You know, or even hearing that there's things that we carry in here. Mm. Oh God, yeah, of course there is. We know that, don't we, as human beings? Like we carry these concerns in here, and so you probably heard last night again. Is yeah, do you know what? It's normal to do that, but <coughs> there's something. There's a theme of this weekend which we're talking about to say that if you want more, that's what this weekend is really about. If you want more. The way is deeper. It's that, like if you go home just knowing that and think there's something about that that's true. The way forward, if you want to grow in relationship with God, is deeper. It's not, again, it's not the reaching up. It's not the becoming becoming perfect ourselves as we'll hear through what I'm going to say. Some more things. A lot of you have heard this before because I've talked about union before. But this is something you have to keep going back to all the time. The thing is that once you hear it, there's something that you go, oh, there's something in this that's so true. But there's something about this that we have heard for many, many years, some of us here, because a lot of, I know there's people here who have studied scripture, and probably people here are greater scripture scholars than I am. So if I was to say to you the word union, and I was just ask someone to kind of throw scripture at me here, you know, anyone who knows their, their scripture at all, where in scripture does it talk about this union with God? Maybe one as you and I are one. Yep. Yeah. So, abide in the vine. Anywhere else? Yep. Draw near to God, me will draw near to you. Yep. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Like, if all we did was we just looked at those scriptures right now, what, what, you, what did you say? Draw near to God. And even even if we stuck with that, draw near to God. Who? Who draws near to God? Mm-hmm. How do we do this? How do we draw near him? Yeah. By, faith. by faith. And so, again, what you're going to hear on this weekend, you're going to hear some very simple things that could go over your head. I know, because I heard these things for years. Mm-hmm. So unplugging, giving these concerns, learning to give them to God. If we don't do that, even those things, and you're going to hear some other things. You're going to hear from David again about being kind to yourself. You're going to to hear from Derek about, you know, what are you doing with your emotional life? You're holding it all all to yourself. Really what this weekend is about is learning to bring what we find in here to him so he can be with us in union. But the thing about it is the actual understanding and actually what's on offer has been lost and this is the thing again if you could just again you might not leave with anything this weekend i mean we hope that you leave with some encounters so again what's another word i'd love you to leave with encounter 
Are you encountering the living God deep in your soul on a daily basis? Now you might be, that's a question I'm going to ask you a little bit more about. And what does that look like? What does that feel like? Is it this going to be this big, amazing, incredible experience? Yes, sometimes it's like that. But from what we heard last night, Jesus has told us that he is gentle and he is humble of heart. And this encounter is going to feel very kind of easy, very natural once we get there with him. So I'm going to start with a scripture. John 15, we've already said that. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. So there's something about us. We have some responsibility here. He who abides in me. So there's something here that he's telling us already that there's something that we cannot, that there's something we can be missing here. There's an action. There's something in here we have to get right to be in the right place to abide in him. He abides in me and I in him. So basically, it's just like, it's a given. I'm going to, be, I'm going to abide in you. You know? Um, bears much fruit. And so, in our group last night, we were talking about <coughs> a little bit frustrating about this much fruit thing is, is that if you were to ask me right now, shows the fruit, Elaine, I'd be kind of, from this abiding, from this encountering, from this union, I'd be like, um, oh yeah, yeah. But if I look over the last five years of my life, but if I look over the last ten years, that's when I can see the fruit. This is the type of fruit that you look back and go, oh my God, me ten years ago? I was just... But the fruit that I see that has happened in my life over the last ten years, that's the, this is the type of fruit we're talking about. And so, because we were talking about process, God is a God of process, as we'll learn as well. It's so annoying that he is, you know, because I would personally would like an encounter that just changes me like that. I'd love it. But for some reason, he's decided to have us having encounters with him on a daily basis and doing this as a slow process of healing and transformation. And as much as we can keep running away from that, like I did, the reality is he's not going to do it any other way. And we're going to find out the reason is, is because he wants us to get to know him. He wants us to respect him. He is a person. Or they are the, tr- the Trinity is a person. Yeah. And we can only do that slowly, day by day. And then it goes on to say, like, I am him, there is much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Yes. Anyone here, Britannic, who's really, I mean, I'm sure there's a mixture of people here. Some people here are going, what are they talking about? What's this God thing, faith thing? There's a lot of people here who have been walking with God for a while, I know that. What do you think of that last line? Mm. So true. So true. Yeah. yeah. Have you had days where you didn't walk with him? Yes. Do you know? Do you remember what that felt like? What yes. it feels like? It's horrible. Because once you get a taste of this, and this is where the confusion happens, is that everyone here, for some reason, has come here because you've either had some kind of touch of God deep <coughs> in your heart. There's something in your heart that went, I want more, I want more of this. But then what happens is, is we have that more and then we go running off. <laughs> and sometimes we don't come back for five years to get another little bit of God. You know, so again, it's more, it's trying to help us understand that we can drink deeply from God every day. But what a lot of us have been surviving on, including myself, is we get a little sip of God and we go mad. You know, which is great because that's how amazing he is. And all our experiences here are different. Um, 
So, um, so we have here as well in John on the last day and the, um, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him. John 37-39. Streams of living water. Mm-hmm. So, you don't need to close your eyes, but I just want you to put your hand here. Just a short little exercise. Close your eyes if it helps. If it freaks you out, don't do it. <laughs> so just take a moment, take a second, and think about the life of God within you. Just take your time, take a deep breath. I'm going to ask you to try and do something quite hard, especially for those people who've known God for a long time. Try and put aside what you do for him. Just put it aside. It's like just place it to the side. Just imagine what is it that you do for him. It could be on a daily basis. It could be, you know, some work you do for him or in your church or the role you have. I want you to put aside the role he's called you into. Could be some people here who are pastors. Or has he called you into the role of being a parent, social worker, an accountant? What are you doing? What are you doing in your life? What, ha- what role has he called you into? Whatever it is, put it to the side. Now try and put aside what you do for other people. I know there's some people in this room who are amazing servants. They just serve morning, noon, and night, God. They just completely laying down their life for him. And that's all they do. There's going to be some people who maybe it's not that extreme, but just put that aside. It could be doing for others like just nice things that you do for people. Just put it aside. Now I want you to put one other thing aside is all the things that you've learned about him. All the knowledge you have of him. All the scriptures you've read, maybe the books. All the revelations you've had, put that aside. And another thing aside, God, this gets busy. How much you talk to other people about him. I want you to even put that aside. I want to ask yourself a couple of questions here. At my core, at your core right now, do you feel his life force deep within you? Do you feel as you sit there this stillness, this peace? Do you feel security, safety? Does it feel like a softness in there, a kindness in there? Is there any type of presence in there that you can locate beyond business, beyond knowledge, and beyond your role? He is gentle and humble of heart. And it's in this place, with everything else removed, that he wants to encounter you. (coughs) And we cannot encounter him if we are too busy doing all those other things that I was just talking about. Now, do you think 
what I'm saying there, all those things that I've asked to put aside are good or bad things? Good. Good. Good things. So do you get the point that we have to put the good things aside to experience what? Mm. To get the living waters. Believe it or not, we can run around doing a lot of things for God, learning a lot about God, just because what we got that one little touch from, it could have been 20 years ago. Could have even been last year. Could have been six months at a really amazing prayer meeting. There was loads of amazing worship. That was the last time we felt. But you know, this union is actually on offer every single day. My story, which I told some of you last year, was that you know, when I was 30, I kind of hit a wall on this. Like I said, I gave my life to God when I was 11, not because I was a little holy person, just because I was so desperate for God because of the way my life was turning out. I had like 22 homes and 16 schools up to the age of 14, and it was a problem for me, and I needed God. Because my story is that I, was, I, was, I never belonged, wherever I went. No matter what group, no matter what people I was with, I never felt like I belonged. I had a huge fear of rejection right at my core. And I had this hyper-vigilant <coughs> mode that was always standing. Um, are, are people going to reject me? Are people going to reject me? And I could see a glance, a look. You know, it was, it's, it's like a living hell. Mm-hmm. When you spend your whole time walking around eggshells of being of afraid. And that, that's, <coughs> so that's why I gave my life to God at 11. But what happened to me is I did. I got caught up in the Christian world. And I started getting busy for him. And I grew knowledge of him. I remember one day God stopped me in my tracks. I was running a women's retreat. There was 150 women coming to it. And I was putting up uh, the scripture, John 7:37. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water within them. And Jesus said to me, do you feel these living waters inside you, Elaine? I remember putting my hand on my heart like I asked you guys to do. And in that moment, taking a deep, honest breath, where were these living waters? What was I running on? And what I was running on actually was an experience I had when I was 11. I felt the loving, kind, comforting presence of God. And it was almost like I had been running with just that one experience for years. So this is what I heard him say in my heart that day, which goes to prove that you can, he's okay with us learning about this because he was still talking to me. He wasn't saying, I'm not talking to you anymore, Elaine, because you're not really in union with me. Mm-hmm. And what I heard him say is, Elaine, I love how much you know about me. I love everything you do for me, Elaine. Mm-hmm. I love how you try and listen to my voice, because you can actually learn to listen to his voice too mm-hmm. and still be really, really not encountering God on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I love how hard you try and love others, but... And this is the bit, and there is a scripture that's related to this, which I don't know what I want to say out loud. But your heart is far from me. Your heart is far from me. So how can that be? How can I be so kind of in the environment of God, and yet my heart be far from him? And that's what can happen, is we have this ability to experience God, know about him, and yet not experience this daily union with him. And so, this is, this is not people like having a fight here, which is put that aside. <laughs> well, this is, this hand here is God. This is him. And for many years, he was delighted that I'd had that touch room and I experienced him. But for many years, this is how I walked with him. This is me. 
God, me. What's this part for me? Closed doors. Closed what? Closed heart. So what do you think God was inviting me into? Open my heart up. Yeah? Open my heart up. Have you ever opened up your heart to God? <coughs> yeah? Some people here might not have. Now, the reason why we don't open our hearts to God every day is because um, often what we find in there is quite disturbing. <laughs> I don't know whether you've noticed that. Yeah? yeah. <coughs> so, um, we'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more, but um, one of the things that we even see Jesus praying, well, Jesus in, in John 17, he even prays for us about this, and I think somebody had mentioned it here. Um, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. So there's this thing, this oneness that he was saying, I want you, I want them to have what you and I have. And what Jesus and him, he had, they did not have that. What Jesus and his father had, and the Holy Spirit, was they had something that looked more like this. You know? And when we are like this with God, which takes a bit of learning how to do this, what happens is we start to experience these living waters. Or C.S. Lewis said here, he says, God made us, he invented us. Would everyone agree with that? Well, maybe yeah, some people are only learning that. So if he invented us, he means he really, really knows us. And he says that he invented a man like, a, like he invented us like a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it would not run properly on, on anything else. Now God designed a human machine to run on himself. He himself is the, is the fuel our spirits were designed to feed on. So I'm gonna be really honest here. In the Christian world, have you not heard stories of great people having great falls? Yeah. Yeah. Great pastor, suddenly, boom, yeah. they're gone. Gone where? Suddenly, whatever was going on in their hearts, got the better of them. Yeah. Wow. There was something about their heart. You go, how? They were standing up there preaching. They were giving the good, and then that was going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, or even in, in some other churches that some of us are connected to, there's been <clears throat> awful things happening. Mm-hmm. Where you're going, how can these holy people be standing up and mm-hmm. stuff going on? And in the background, they knew it. And we're shocked. Well, don't be shocked. Because when we know that how hard it is ourselves just to open up our own yes. hearts mm-hmm. to God. We can understand, yeah, we need to offer these people mercy. <coughs> we need to offer them mercy, not judgment, because we are just as much at fault. So I have this, again, just trying to help you to understand union is like a blood transfusion. I was going to put some of the pictures up there, but I thought there's probably some people afraid of needles and seeing blood here, so or better off <laughs> And so blood transfusion is a common medical procedure with donated blood. Donated blood. Who donated their blood for us? Yes. And we know this in scriptures. He wants his life blood flowing through us. And so there is this process, which they talk about here in hospital obviously, but there is a daily process where we can receive him like a, a blood transfusion into our system. 
even though we are not perfect and even though we are in a journey of process, which is very confusing to go, hang on a minute, I'm working on this thing in me to, to kind of like heal this oversensitivity to rejection in me at the moment. I'm still in that process. Well, how can I then say I'm getting union with God as well? But you can actually do the two at the same time. So you can receive union on a daily basis and still be in process. Does that make sense to people? So, like a, so it's like a blood transfusion. Um, and we heard last night about the saturation, that this is what's on offer too. On a daily basis, we can be filled <coughs> with his life, yes. with his strength, and with yes. his stability. But we cannot have this if we are busy, if we're distracted, if we're not unplugging, if we're carrying the weight of the world and our, our burdens, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's about learning then, well, how, what are the practices then to, like, how do we unplug? How do we stop carrying, like, you know, my, you know, how do I stop worrying about one of my, you know, children's marriages, for example? Like, because of, as long as I keep worrying about that as a person, I cannot get, I, I won't be filled with this, mm-hmm. with, the, with, with his life in me. So again, just back to union, and I hopefully won't kind of like fry your brain with it. This is him, this is us, and what we want really on this weekend is actually more like this. We want to like go, look, this is how you open up your soul to him. And when you open up your soul, there's a scary moment when what you find in there is a bit challenging. I want you to trust us. Because in our group last night, we were talking about what we find in our hearts when we open them up. It's kind of scary. You know? And it's kind of like, well, are we Christian or are we what? What's going on with the stuff we find inside ourselves? And, and, and what the invitation to this weekend is, it's like God saying, I don't care what's in there. I just, all you need to do is get it to me. Does that, does that make sense? And so um, there is this um, quote here by Henry Nguyen, or Henry Nguyen, our inclination is to, so these are like our hearts. So you could even say like, I'm sorry girls, I'm speaking on our behalf last night. Mm-hmm. We were like, we were sitting together and we were kind of almost going, like we want this closeness with God, but at the end of the day, we're all kind of like, God, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 and we're all like sharing, well, ooh, guess what, we were doing this, actually, we were being quite brave each other, we were going, that's what's in me. And I'm like, oh, oh what's going on in me, yeah. you know? So it was this strange thing of we were, like, aware of what was going on. It says our inclination is to show the Lord only what we feel comfortable with, but the more we dare. Yeah. And that's what this weekend is about. This weekend is not just like, oh, yeah, something to do about giving your worries to God. No, this is a profound message that has to go down and deep into your own heart. Mm-hmm. David, I was just wondering, would you share a picture that you got this morning when we were praying, just before we came in? It's very, it's a beautiful picture that God gave me. This is the kind of things we're talking about. We sat for five minutes. David got this picture. Boom! He suddenly gets this word from God that is just beautiful. I just want you to listen to it. And this is what happens when you encounter Jesus in your heart. He's able to cut through all the mess and all the stuff, and all the striving we're trying to do to make ourselves mm. holy, and he's able to give us the next best thing. This is what you need to do next. Yeah. And it's, it's that encounter mm. we're looking for this weekend. So do you want to share? Sure. 
And God often speak to, speaks to us in what's familiar in our lives. So I've got a great affinity to walking in forests and trees and stuff like that. So God gave me a picture of this big tree. And it was carved on the outside on the bark. And I, I don't know what it said, but it looked like some kind of Christian symbolism or something like that. And I'm saying, Lord, what are you showing me this for? And he says, so many of my people are carrying my identity on the bark of their lives, on the outside. You need to let me into the tree. And then you can get all my sap. Come on. And so many of us wear our Christianity like a badge. Or what is the purpose of bark is to protect? And sometimes we wear our Christianity as a protection. And God wants to come into the deep, vulnerable parts of us and change us from the inside out. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. See, now what's great about that is like, I could actually just have got Dave to stand up here and I don't even give a talk this morning. And you would have got union straight away. That really sums it up. Is that a lot of us are walking around with Jesus carved on the protective part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That we actually can use religious activity and religious knowledge, it's kind of scary to protect yeah. ourselves yes. from actually not, and not daring to go into what Amen. we actually yeah. find within, yeah. our, within ourselves. But if we, we have other people around us <coughs> who have got this message, <coughs> means that we can start learning to kind of open up this part of our heart. Now, before I pass you on to Fintan, I'm going to try and get through just three small things that kind of the reasons why we don't do this. Three. Put a back one, yeah. Did I put a back one? I love that quote. It's kind of scary, but I feel like, yeah, I want to rise to that challenge. But obviously, you know, we were talking about, like, for me, for example, to actually allow myself to feel the fear of rejection is a big deal. But God is saying, look, I'm going to give you the courage to go there. But why would I go there to feel my own fear of rejection, for example? Because I want to get it to Jesus. Because I can't, unless I feel it, unless I'm, I'm, I'm present to it, I'm not going to be able to give it to him. I'm not going to be able to attach it to the vine. So I hope that makes sense to people. So just three tips to kind of like say these are the things the reasons why we don't open up our hearts like this for union and then I just want to show you a clip of something which I think is a perfect imagery of what it's like on a daily basis for us to try and allow God to land in union in our own souls the first thing is the reason why we don't receive this union which Jesus prayed for and is all through scripture but we have somehow lost the interpretation that he actually wants to put his lifeblood in us. The yeah. reason why we, have, we don't do that is because we actually, somehow, that message has been lost. Mm-hmm. And anyone here who knows spiritual warfare and knows that we have an enemy is, guess what? Guess what? The <coughs> enemy of our souls does not want us to find out about this union thing. It's, the enemy of our souls, believed or not, is very happy for us to just walk around with a bark on the outside of us saying Jesus. But Jesus did not come just so he could protect us. Jesus came so we could be healed, restored, renewed, and his living lifeblood could flow through us. 
That's why he came. Not so we could wear a badge with Jesus on it. So the first thing is, we do not understand what's really in offer. This is what's blocking us open up, opening up. Because we can't dare to open up unless we know and hear other people saying, you've got to learn to open up on a daily basis. Which means showing up in the morning and saying, I feel terrible. Or I'm carrying the weight of the world am I? And you've got to learn to, get to know how to then encounter in that. The second one is we keep our distance from God, which we just talked about there, because we don't like what we find in there. This is why silence frightens us. This is why we actually prefer to, to sing, which I love, all the upbeat songs. I love the upbeat songs, like I put it on loud in my kitchen and I love. But the reality is I have to quieten down. To what? To kind of bring what I find in here to him properly. Mm-hmm. But it frightens me because in the silence, and I know this is true for everyone here, we hear <coughs> voices of darkness, our jealousy, our anger, our resentment, and our desire for revenge, as I felt about a month ago. Mm-hmm. There's this person who's really hurt me, and I just felt this desire to get revenge back on that woman. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, I've just got to be honest with you. I'm not standing up in this holy here. Mm-hmm. But what did I do with that? And that's the difference. Where am I going to go with that? Because if I try and sort that myself, I'm in trouble because I'm going to go up in my head. I'm going to work out all these different reasons why, oh, it's my fault, her fault, da 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 and maybe tell another person. So I'm not actually bringing what's in my soul. So I'm not bringing what, I'm not bringing this in me into union with God. So that's the second reason. First reason that we don't know what's on offer. Second reason is that we're afraid of what we're going to find in there. Unless we've some brave people, which is what I was trying to do in the group last night, going, girls, I'm just like you. This is what I have inside me. And they're going, well, she seems okay to talk about that. And yet she seems kind of hopefully somehow full of God, kind of. And, you know, there's something about this, you know. And the third one is our pride. I hate that word, pride. Because I kind of, but what we're really saying is, it's the self. It's the self. I'm going to get holy, I'm going to get to God, I'm going to, you can, you can even do, I'm going to get this union. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't work. Go get the union. No, it doesn't work like that. It's all about surrender. Yeah. You get the union because you're saying, I, and, and we're told, like, you can do nothing. We, we actually need to take that seriously. You know, now eventually we do get to do things about it, but only because we've encountered him first and he's gone, do this, say this, look at this scripture, or he'll get, he'll do, he will help you do it. It's the doing it by ourselves is the problem. So if you can just yeah, think about those so things before I just show you this clip, it is because we don't know what's on offer. We're scared of what we find inside. That's why we much prefer noise and distraction and all that kind of stuff on a given yeah. day. Actually makes us feel holier if we're distracted. Yeah. Because we, because when we quieten down and listen to what's in here, you're going, it's, it's kind of Irish thing we say, Jesus, sorry. I've been a Christian for 20 years. What's this? I'm just being honest. You know? And God is like going, and this is the thing where we can actually stand before God one day and we can hear that message from which we, we all don't like this scripture. Depart from me, I don't know you. What's he, what does he mean, I don't know you? We have not let him in here because we are afraid. We're uncomfortable with it. And yet this is what's on offer. He wants to love and transform us from the inside out. It has to go from the inside. We know that we heard Jesus talk about the Pharisees. He said you clean the outside of the cup while the inside of the cup is not so clean. 
And can we make ourselves clean? No. 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 But can we at least slow it down, give him, give him what Finton's going to talk about, give him our heart, because there's practices to you learn how to do this, very simple ones. Yes, we can. This is what we can do. So we're just going to get you to watch this clip, and I want you to kind of watch it in a way where it's, you know, I, I heard this talk one day where they said, one of the things that if you're going to go on this journey of union, you have to understand that God is 100% pursuing your heart mm-hmm. every day. And so the, the, the picture they give of God pursuing your heart is like a helicopter that's hovering over our heart. And this is God, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Every morning, the helicopter is hovering and it's trying to land on our, on our soul. And what we're trying to help you today, with today is like, he cannot land on your soul if that soul of yours is cluttered with you, distraction, with not unplugging, with not slowing down, you're afraid to go in your heart because you can know what's in there is a lot, it's just dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. He cannot land. And so the, in this particular talk I heard by this um, uh, theologian, he was basically saying, for every day, for three minutes, you have to, as a Christian, contemplate and meditate on the fact that he's done all the work, he's hovering over your heart, the work is done. He is pursuing us. And the problem is, <laughs> surprise, surprise, because <laughs> we are not positioning ourselves to receive as much as we should be receiving. Yeah. This is a great clip. Um, I, I think there's sound, is there? There's no sound. So if you take a look at this, this is what, it's, this is what it feels like me. Every, this is what it feels like for me every morning before I allow God to have union in my heart. Okay? The guy with the thing... That's the Holy Spirit, you know? So, take it again.
When I watch that clip, I just there's something in me that wants that, but there's something in me that says that is just crazy. That thing tilting, and and yet and yet there's something of a connection, a deep desire for that rest, that connection, and that guy just doing the flags, you know. Go on, you can do this. <coughs> Holy yeah. Spirit, come on, come on, you can do this. You know, just that. Whew. It's wild. Yeah. And there's just so much that you feel is against us. It's against the odds. It's a storm. There's just so much going on. So much movement. And yet, you know, we were designed to be able to go out into the world that God created. It's, it's a mad world in some ways, nature. Look at it, you know, that stormy sea. But we were made for that. But we were made to do it with him. Um, but yet, you know, this is what it sometimes feels like. And um, hands up to those of you who love making lists and can't sit until you've got a list. And hands up those of you like me who are terrified of lists. <laughs> oh, like I thought there's just it's an unending list like you could spend all your time just making the list and not get anything done it's every so often I will take all the stuff off so I can get to the screen behind and I'll make my list I'll make a list and for a few hours that's good because I know there's a list and I'll go to it and I'll check a few things off you know the best thing for those of us who don't like lists is when you find that list again about a week or two later you go <laughs> I've done most of the things on the list and that's why I don't need a list because I get yeah. most of the things done right yeah <clears throat> yeah the soul was never meant never meant to deal with the amount of things that are thrown at us it just it's never meant to be like this um we talked last year about uh, attachment theory and, mm. and you might remember, you know, when you think a child in the womb, connected, yeah. connected, everything is there, you know, and then you're born into the world and the umbilical cord is cut and it's like, <gasps> uh, I need my needs met, I need my, my needs met, you know, and for the first two years you don't really remember that you had all those needs, but, you know, they needed to be met. And the thing in attachment theory is that they've discovered that that expressed need, that emotional need for provision, for safety, for security, that runs on the same mechanism in your nervous system as physical pain. So when you don't have connection, when you don't have that attachment, it feels physically painful. And that's why we cry as babies. We cry so that because it feels like pain. And doesn't it make sense then that as we come into our conscious awareness as young children, we're looking to kind of get back to that sense of a nervous system that just feels connected and calm and reassured. And we go through life trying to get that back, don't we? And it's available. We can find it daily. But it feels so opposed. There's so much going on. The invitation 
is an unburdened life. Jesus says, come you weary and heavy laden. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out in religion? Come to me and you'll recover your life and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that what every morning looks like for you? (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, this is is within walking distance of my house. This is the 40 foot, this is Sandy Cove in in Dublin. And people go there and... I believe there's a lot of people there who don't believe in God and, and who yet are connecting with something deep inside them mm-hmm. for some kind of free, you know, mm-hmm. deep water, cold water therapy. You know, well, our nervous system's looking to unwind and everybody's looking for it. But we have something far deeper on offer. Yeah. Like Elaine says, deep, deep, calling to deep living waters. And yet we're walking around like this. And it just seems so hard to unpack that. And the madness of this world is designed to distract us from the fact that we're carrying this around. Everything is designed to grab our attention. And we've so little attention left. And we're stuck in this kind of strange place of, you know, having our attention grabbed by things that are on offer. Um, the internet, you know, the studies done, there's a book called The Shallows, what the brain, what the internet does to our brain, and it just, it makes, it makes our thinking shallow. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing this, that, you know, we, we're not able humanly as much for deep thought because we spend our time in these little spaces. Mm-hmm. I was saying to Elaine, Elaine, has this incredible ability to be completely detached from the news stories. Yeah. You know, and I will say to Elaine, you know, you see the thing in Iceland, you know, the earthquakes and the volcano. She goes, what? I said, yeah, there's having to move people. But they're up in Iceland, like, I mean, it, it's important, but is it important that I carry that? But I'm carrying it because I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Tsunami in Japan. I don't actually know what happened because it disconnected. But there was a plane, plane crash there. And people got off the plane, and hang on, I'm looking at a video of somebody, a passenger in the plane. Whew, how am I tuning into all those things and then sharing with Elaine that <laughs> that's actually in my thought process? These distractions are there. And, you know, people that you have to call, people you've forgotten to call, people who didn't get back to you. You know, and then she says to me, uh, you know, late at night, where's John? And I go, who? John Eldridge? No, your son, John. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's midnight. I better send him a message to see where he is. You know, are we saying these night prayers? Oh, like, are we letting go? When are we letting go? Like, it's it's just this bombardment. We are operating on the surface of our existence a lot of the time. And yet, you know, even that quick sharing of Dave's, whew, deep is accessible. We all have that capacity to find deep very quickly and very suddenly. And he speaks to us in these moments. And he speaks to us in very different ways and very personal ways. And I'm going to do an exercise with us in a minute um, just to take us into the experiential Here's a guy carrying 
more than his rucksack. He's carrying other people's rucksacks. How many of us do this? Not only have I not unpacked my own, but I'm trying to... Here we are trying to help other people unpack and unplug. And we have to bring our attention. We can't, we can't carry other people. So I just want to speak a little bit about our need, or the need to descend through the landscape of our souls. And some of you have heard this before, the shallows, the midlands, and the depths. So the shallows are the places of our distractions, those things that flit through our minds. You know, you're on your way home, you're listening to a podcast, something that's of interest to you, and the guy mentions his birthday and you go, oh, it's my mother's birthday and I haven't got her card. And you go, oh, I know, there's a spar. I'll get the card in the spar. Actually, there's Bombay Pantries next to that, that spar. I haven't had an Indian in a while. Actually, I've still got a voucher for that on my phone. So I could order that. That's so me. And yeah, now you're not listening to the podcast and you have to rewind. You have to hit minus 15, minus 30, minus 30 to go back to listen to what you didn't hear because you're stuck in these shallow places. And then you have the Midlands, and the Midlands, whew, the Midlands are the concerns, they're the cares. You know, these are the places that Jesus, in his words, would call the cares of life. Mm-hmm. And these are the deeper worries, these are the heartaches, these are the, the things, your concerns for your children, your concerns for your aged parents, your concerns for your finances, or the lack of them, your concerns for your career, and its progression, or the lack of progression, it's the things that keep you up at night. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the shallows will still come up, you know. Did I get back to that person? You wake up at four o'clock in the morning with worries about that. But it's, it's actually the midlands, the, the concerns, you know, the heartaches that actually are the things that drive tears, give you ulcers, right? We have to learn how to see these things as the shallows, the midlands, and the depths in order to get to the depths. Because in the depths, the beautiful thing is, in the depths is faith, is hope, is joy. Come on, amazing. Yeah. And it's only sometimes, if you're in hospital, I remember I had kidney stone, and it was the strangest thing, the pain was awful. But there was something I had to surrender and yield in hospital, where I, I just had to let go. I said, I have to let others care for me here. I cannot do anything. And it was strange because I felt relief. And I felt myself thinking about the deeper things because suddenly I couldn't do anything else. Some of us experienced that when they closed the doors on the plane. It's oh, great. I can't use my phone. Nobody can get me. They don't know where I am. <laughs> you know? But sometimes, you know, those deeper longings, you, you experience them when you have other things taken away from you in prison, when you're at a really low, a real low, and you have, you, you have nothing else to lose, you, it's that, yeah, then you begin to feel those things of what, driving your heart for faith and hope and love and joy. So how do we descend? <coughs> it's so simple, but it demands our attention, it demands our conscious attention. And this guy, Theophan the recluse. I love the way they 
They can have she names like it. that. You know? <laughs> and when I first saw it, it says, is it the reckless or the recluse? Thea, Thea found the, rec the recluse. said, one must descend with the mind into the heart and there stand before the face of the Lord, ever-present, all-seeing within you. I mean, it sounds very monastic. Um, people in ancient times were able to do this. Like, it's not, there's nothing that challenging about it, but yet there's so much going on in our heads yeah. that doing this is very hard. So what does he mean by descending with the mind into the heart? Well, let's replace the word mind with conscious attention. Yeah. So let us descend with our conscious attention down to the place Elaine was talking about, to the heart. And there stand before the face of the Lord ever present, all seeing within you, because that's where he dwells. Mm -hmm. When you were saved, that's where you invited him mm -hmm. into your heart. He's mm -hmm. still there. Well, and we just need to access him there every day. So there's something that we do first in this practice is benevolent detachment. Those of you who uh, know the pause app and know uh, what this expression is, benevolent detachment, benevolent is just a kindness. It's a kind detachment. So helpful to get us out of the shallows because all it requires is for us to say, I give you everyone, and I give you everything, Jesus. I give you everyone and everything. And sometimes you need to keep on saying, I give you everyone and everything. And then you might need to name things, specific things. I give you that email. I give you that relationship. I give you whatever I'm holding. And it's what we were talking about last night. It's that ability to identify, well, what is it that I'm holding? Like, what? Who? And if it's a whole backpack, ooh, start unpacking. Just take what's the first thing that comes out. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. So we're going to do that. And then we're also <coughs> going to descend into, in, into, into a prayer of descent. And I would have done this last year. I'm going to do it with you now. I'm going to do it uh, with a bit of music. Do you have access to... see yourself out maybe on the stormy water maybe it's that image of the helicopter coming in whatever it is that allows you to come into this space with a surrendered heart with a yielded heart giving permission giving him access releasing letting go unburdening whatever it is that's coming up for you now just begin with a posture of not holding tightly not being like that fist with the open hand start with a simple prayer Jesus I long for your presence help me commune with you where you live inside of me
And as you learn this type of prayer, repeating things is actually very, very helpful. Repeating very simple things. Because our attention is so fragmented, we just need to keep on picking up and putting it back down to those simple things. Jesus, I, I love you. Jesus, I long for your presence. God, I love you. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you. And as you linger with that for a moment, there's probably some very specific things that you need to lay down. That situation, that relationship, So we ask Holy Spirit for his help. Holy Spirit, get me out of the shallows and the chaos of distraction. Holy Spirit, help me to descend into my own heart to find Christ. Help me locate Jesus who lives within me. Spirit, help me follow Christ now down into the depths of my being. Oh, I need your help, Lord. Okay, so some of you are right there. So stay there, just stay there. And others of you are popping back up to the shallows, and that's okay. Happens to me too. So just let go again. Give your attention back to the presence of God within you. And follow him down. (coughs) Release the shallows. And in the Midlands, release the cares of life. just have to practice that a bit of just moving from shallows to midlands to drop down into the presence of Jesus. And so from here now, we just begin to love him. Not the Lord of the heavens. Not the Lord here by my side. But Christ dwells within me. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you here within me. Thank you for coming to dwell in my inmost being. I love you here, Lord. give you my attention here and I follow you in just take a few moments just loving him there
give him your attention and your affection. Take the experience of being comforted by God. And that might be just a that might just be a sense, might be a word he's saying to you. Like David, that might be something that he shows you. What is it, Lord, that you want to show me? What is it, Lord, that you want to say to me? Is it comfort? Be open to what he wants to do. of my being with your glory. Fill me with your love and your glory and your kingdom. Give to me the strength that prevails, Lord. Fill me with your glorious strength. I pray the glory of creation will fill my inmost being. Pray the glory of Cana, water into wine, and it will transform my inmost being. I pray the glory of the resurrection will bring restoration into my inmost being. into the present moment, come back into the room, just gradually let your soul come back. <coughs> what was that like for you? What's that like to go into that place? What did he show you? What did he say to you? These are things just to carry with you today in quiet times, bring it back to your group this evening. What did he what was that like? You know, you know we, we're, we're meant to experience this on a daily basis. Um, when we begin to practice this, and it does take practice, you tend to notice when you feel dried out, you know, like you need something. <laughs> your mouth is dry, your soul <coughs> is dry. You know, but we can't let our souls get parched. I was saying this in our group last night, I think, or somewhere, that... You know, if we're so parched and dry, and then we go into worship, and we, you know, we're looking for it, 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 
can't saturate us in the way that this can saturate us because it'll just flow off because it, it doesn't, you know, we're shallow, we're, we're dry. So this exercise is like, you know, working on that soil, turning it over, letting the living waters flow into it. Amen. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.